Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. Our guest today is Ken Dombrowski. Ken is a master hypnotist and life coach, and he has been helping people through his practice called Love Your Life Hypnosis. This is the third and final part of the series. In this episode, Ken and I discuss his life coaching practice, including his use of neuro-linguistic programming, dream sculpting your future life, and how he uses hypnosis as part of his life coaching. Ken explains his gratitude for his past and how he utilizes that to help others overcome obstacles and find happiness. Ken feels passionately that change is possible for everyone. Ken and I discuss his views on the importance of working to improve relationships with those around you, especially those closest to you. And Ken tells us about his children's book series that he wrote with his family called Bucky and Garth, and the importance of bonding with others, especially your children, over shared experiences. Here is part three. If I can life coach you into life coaching yourself, you don't need me, and you're just going and doing what you want and need to do with your life. And that's that's my aspiration for everyone who comes into my office. And just even the power behind that for that one person or the multitude of people that you're able to work with, each one of them, if they can have that inherently within them and to, to live the rest of their life that way and to be able to move forward with that kind of strength and um, like self-love, that is beyond powerful. Hmm. Yeah, that is where you're changing lives. Exactly. I mean, all the other ones you're doing as well. But <laughs> yes, yes. And like well, you said, to teach them to be their own life coach. I, you know, I kind of look at it, I just have to get you over a hump. <laughs> get you on the other side of that hump, and you, yeah, you'll take care of it from there. You, you got it from here. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's, that's life coaching. And to me, again, life coaching is the catch-all for everything that I do. But uh, it because also... you can use all of the other facets within yes, life coaching. exactly. Okay. And a combination of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we have uh, NLP, or, or Neuro Linguistic Programming. Neuro-linguistic programming uh, is something that's relatively new, maybe 30 years old, if I were to guess right now, uh, developed by Dr. Richard Bandler. Basically, what NLP is, a way of talking to someone to get them to visualize, and it's not not hypnosis, just visualize and, and feel together what they want to do with life. And you can take what they don't want and then turn it into what they do want. So let's say, for example, if someone is a, has a fear of heights, they have a fear of heights, so you can say, okay, why don't you do me a favor, close your eyes, just sitting here upright, we're, we're not going into hypnosis. Why don't you imagine yourself walking towards a handrail, and that handrail, there's a two-story drop beyond that handrail. You're perfectly safe, there's a handrail, you won't fall over, tell me how do you feel. And that person's going to say, oh, I feel nervous, I feel scared, depending on the intensity of their fear. And they say, okay, cl- open your eyes now. Open your eyes. All right, good. Now your eyes are open. Now, now you may have told me before this exercise that uh, you have incredible strength and confidence at your job. You do. You're you're the you're the boss, or you're the one who runs everything. You organize everything. Everybody everybody comes to you for 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 the answers. So that means you have great confidence and self esteem in that in that place. You feel strong. You're empowered, right? Okay. Now go ahead and close your eyes and channel that 
feel that. Feel that feeling of all that. But everybody's coming to you for answers, and you have answers, and you feel good because you're helping everybody, and it's all going rolling. And you keep churning up that and churn it up higher and higher. Feel yourself expand. You're getting bigger and stronger and smarter, and you feel this glow coming from you. Feel warmth throughout your mind and body. Now go ahead and walk over towards that handrail again. How do you feel? They're going to say, oh, well, it's not really bothering me this time. That's NLP. Neurolinguistic programming is, mm. is, is setting up the mind to where we can use our, our strengths to help uh, kind of combat our, our weaknesses. Okay. Right? So there, and there's, there are a lot of different other facets to it, but that's like kind of just a really obvious one. Me, personally, uh, I, I do very little of that kind of very direct type NLP. The type I use is going to be more conversational. So I'm going to ask, talk to someone and ask them questions in a, in a certain pattern. Uh, this can also be uh, called sleight of mouth. Uh, to me, sleight of mouth and NLP are you know, super similar uh, simply because we're using words, verbiage, feelings from those, from those words and, and, t- and speech to make changes from one thing to another. So um, we can, I can be talking to a client and I'm, I'm NLPing them and they don't know it. I'm slight of mouthing them and they don't know it. Or I'm even doing waking hypnosis and they don't know it. Waking hypnosis is what I'm doing when you're, we're talking, you're awake, your eyes are open. You're sitting up talking to me and I'm using waking hypnosis because uh, I'm talking, have patterns of talking directly to your subconscious mind that you're, you think we're just chatting. So I guess with that, what I would ask you to, to think about is uh, you know, your expectations of this interview, for example, and coming to meet me. You had a certain thought and feeling and expectation and hope of how it would go. And then as we, you know, then there's the apprehension because you and I don't know each other. We, we met just a couple hours ago. So then we meet. And then somehow, did you maybe notice, did you notice yourself becoming very nervous and scared and filled with anxiety? No. No. Did you feel yourself feeling warm, comfortable? Yeah, I was ease. just like, yeah, well, it'll be what it'll be, and mm-hmm. I, I, I try not to get nervous. You try not to get nervous, but I was employing NLP and waking hypnosis that helped facilitate that. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For that, I am grateful. <laughs> You're very welcome. Oh, the next one is one of my favorites. Uh, I love dream sculpting because dream sculpting is all about the future. I mean, I spend so much time. And that sounds time. more like back into life coaching again, taking your yes. dreams and your goals and trying to, I don't know, make them tangible, formulate them, a way to get to them. Yeah, and there you go. Exactly. Um, that would definitely be a huge life coaching thing because it is about future and goals where the rest of our work is all about the past, uh, resolving that. So when we resolve the past, now we can talk about the future. To set up goals and make plans for your future when you have a fucked up, unresolved past is an exercise in futility. We have people doing vision boards. We have people you know, making plans and setting goals for themselves and going, it doesn't work. Right, because all that old stuff is draining your energy and stopping you from being able to go forward. So instead of trying to go forward, go backwards first, and then we can go forward. Resolve it. And it has to be done kind of chronologically. I will actually take people all the way back to birth in, in, our, in a life for life coaching and hypnosis. I can actually take you back in hypnosis into the womb. And you'll tell me what your mother was experiencing while you were in the womb. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to do some sessions. That sounds amazing. (laughs) I have to get to know my mom that way. (laughs) Uh, So uh, um, the dream sculpting, 
once we get you in a place to where your you know your stuff is you know settled and, and reconciled, I like, I like using the word reconciled. Uh, now we can start really looking at your future. Well, that's going to be a series of of exercises that we literally going to write out like goals. We're going to write out a plan, and we're going to understand that that's not going to go that way. You can make the, all the plan you want. That's not how it's going to go, but it's a basis. It's a guideline. It kind of gives you something to feel, and then you just make corrections as you go. And so there's going to be visualizations that go with that. Have lots of exercises and visualizations for dream sculpting that help bring it, give the mind that clarity that we need to see it. Because if you don't see it, you can't feel it, it's not, you're not doing anything. But when you are in that place to where you can actually start to see it and feel it, you know it's coming towards you, now you can truly get excited over it. It makes sense. It's real. Not just possible. Mm -hmm. It's now real. There's a difference, right? So that's what we're doing with dream sculpting. I like that. That yeah. um, reminds me of um, like training for triathlons where you, you have your end goal and you're envisioning what you're going to do and how you're going to get there and you have your steps. And it doesn't always work exactly. But you have such a, a pure vision of how it's going to be when you're done putting in all the hard work that you, that's why you're doing each step along the way. It's just for that ultimate vision mm -hmm. of success at the end. Yeah. Sounds perfect, yeah. Now imagine adding some real visualizations into that, some meditations, getting on a, I love whiteboards. And you saw in my office I have this electronic whiteboard, which is just the most amazing thing for me. But even just a regular whiteboard, when you can draw something out and, or even write it out in, in big letters that you can just see at a glance, that's really saying something to your subconscious mind. When it's on paper, it's small, it's, you know, you can glance at that paper, but, you know, you're not really absorbing it. But when you have some stuff written out big on, on a whiteboard that you can see from across the room, everywhere you look, you're getting that in your peripheral view, mm -hmm. and your, your subconscious keeps on absorbing it again and again and again and again. That's interesting. It's like what the, the chart we had done about the conscious and the subconscious mind mm -hmm. that you had walked me through. And that, I mean, it was on the board for a substantial amount of time. So even though you and I were discussing other facets of it, my brain is still taking in all the other parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so on the list here, we're down now to, to hypnosis, which we, we talked a bit about hypnosis, but I'll give it a quick overview. Uh, hypnosis is a very powerful tool um, to, uh, to help make effect change in the subconscious mind. And the reason that's important is the subconscious mind is the actual driver of your behavior, of your feelings, of your belief system. All of that starts in your subconscious. So when we have programming in there that isn't conducive to a healthy life, whatever that might mean, always from our childhood, by the way. So we're going to have a trauma or experience from our childhood or, or even something that we learned. I had a young man, 18 years old, years ago, he didn't want to, he never wanted to leave the house throughout his childhood. He'd go to school and come right home. He didn't go play with kids. He didn't go out of the house. He didn't, didn't like to go and didn't want to go to the store with family. They'd go grocery store without him. They'd go to the movies without him. He just really didn't want to leave. So his family finally brought him to me. I love working with kids because they're so close to whatever happened mm -hmm. that they didn't, they're not like you and me where they have 30 years of We're coping walls, mechanisms, defense mechanisms, <laughs> right? Yeah, burying it down. <laughs> uh, they're real close to it. Well, he, we were able to get pretty quickly uh, to a memory when he was about 9 or 10 years old where he was just watching the news. The news was on. He wasn't really watching. The family was watching it. He was doing something else in the living room. But he took notice and he could hear about all the horrible things that have happened in the community recently. 
in, you know, in Las Vegas, uh, big city, go, all the crime going on. He, his mind simply decided that it's not safe outside of this house. None of those things have ever happened in my house, so I feel safe here. Outside, not safe. Drive-by shooting, they can get you anywhere, right? All this kind of stuff. So that's why this kid did not want to leave the house. Well, once we find that here again, using we use hypnosis to find it. Then we use hypnosis to, to let it go and reconcile it, to help him understand that, yeah, life can be you know dangerous, but it can also be a lot of fun and it filled with adventure, and you have to take them both equally. Mm-hmm. And once he got that, it was no problem. Also, hypnosis for <laughs> wetting the bed. Uh, always boys, never girls. I've never had a girl yet with bedwetting. Um, boys, like in their teenage years, they wet the bed virtually every night. Something got stuck in their mind about staying a baby, staying young, whatever that might have meant. One boy, his mother just you know, kind of confided too much in him as a young boy uh, that you know how much she loved being his mother, his mommy, and wants to take. I want to take care of you forever that kind of thing. So his brain facilitated a way for his mother to continue to take care of him forever. And that meant wetting the bed. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we find this and we reconcile, use hypnosis to find it, then we use hypnosis to let it go and replace it with something else, bed wetting went away instantly. I understand the, the finding it under hypnosis. How can you reconcile it? And how can you replace it with something else under hypnosis? Well, when it comes to the reconciling, that's going to be a, a, a huge conversation. Uh, there's so many possibilities, so many techniques that we would use, but largely it's going to be about a way of getting it out of us and feeling relief from it. Uh, okay, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I have one one hypnosis that I've crafted over the years, and I, and I call it, it's just called the bird. So I get you in hypnosis, and we find, we've already discovered now what your issues are. There's always multiple, never one. Multiple issues. We're talking about them out loud, and then we go into hypnosis, and so they're fresh right now, right there. And I may even remind you of some of the ones we talked about. Now I want you to imagine that you're holding in your hands a beautiful white dove. I gotta give you the visual of it. You can feel it in your hand. Feel its heartbeat in your in your fingertips. You can feel its silky feathers. The it's so white that the tips of its feathers are silvery. Orange beak, orange legs and feet, a blue eyes, blue eyes. You're really feeling, you're cupping, you're connected now to this beautiful pigeon that you're holding in your hand, cupped in front of you. And then you notice that there are many strings tied to the legs of that pigeon. Many strings, hundreds of strings, perhaps. And then they go to the ground and they spool up on the ground at your feet. Then they travel up and into your chest and into your mind. And at the other end of all those strings, they're attached to those many negative feelings and memories of your life. Now, some of them are going to be held in your body, some in your heart, and some in your mind, some in your subconscious. Some are going to go beyond your subconscious and into your spirit energy. But they're all attached. And what's going to happen is in a little little bit, I'm going to guide you through a process of letting go of the pigeon, of dove watching it fly off into the sunset, and those strings become taut, and they snap. So you, but then you feel this incredible relief. And whenever I go snap, everybody goes <laughs> big, deep breath, shocking. And then they, that it, right there is a process. We just processed. So the, there's a huge buildup, buildup, buildup to this crescendo, and then 
boom, it hits and then, ah, because it's just a buildup and then this incredible relief, right? This release that happens that is needed, been needed, it's been building up, it's been, you know, needing to be done and now it's, now it's done. So you feel it and then you watch that, that beautiful dove fly away into the sunset, all these strings at the end of it attached, all those memories, thoughts, feelings, beliefs that you don't want. And you do this while they are under hypnosis. Right, yes. So when they wake up, are they aware of, um, do they remember everything that you've done under hypnosis? Or is that up to your discretion or their discretion? When it comes to to being in hypnosis, you're going to remember spots. You're going to remember parts of it. Put somebody in hypnosis, I might bring them to a beach to make them comfortable and feel the sun on their face and it's nice and warm and, you know, oh, peaceful and calm. And then I might take them to another view and another scene and another. And then when they come out, I say, oh, well, were you able to visualize the beach okay? We were at the beach? I don't remember that. Okay, what do you remember? Well, I remember being at a, at a library. Oh, okay, so you remember the library but not the beach. So that kind of thing happens all the time. And you never can tell okay. what they're going to be focused on. But here's the great thing. It doesn't matter. Your conscious mind does not matter when it comes to hypnosis. We don't need you to study it and remember it. Guess what? That's where the mistake comes. People think, I have to remember everything he's saying. No, 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 no. I haven't done my job if I, uh, describing to you what needs to happen. What needs to happen is we need you to relax, zone out. You can listen to the words or not listen to the words. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you allow me to talk directly to your subconscious where it is absorbing everything, regardless of what your conscious is doing. So, distraction becomes a good part of that. There will be times in hypnosis where uh, I have someone in deep work doing therapeutic stuff, just beating the crap out of them with whatever they need, right? And then, that's okay, that went on long enough, now i got to throw a change up here. So I might tell you in hypnosis, okay, now I want you to imagine what the color nine must smell like. <laughs> and then, see, now you have a response. Your brain is going, what the hell is he talking about? And the next things that I say are a lightning bolt straight into your subconscious. Because my conscious brain is already distracted? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I get people come out of it, well, what does that mean? That's stupid. well then guess because you didn't hear the rest of it because you're too busy being annoyed by that ridiculous phrase oh my gosh just so many little nuances of it that no we don't know well we lay people don't know you would know right Right. yeah lots and lots of techniques and i love to just play with it and expand on it and keep it keep it going keep it fresh more stuff because the more i have to, to work with the, the better chance I have at helping someone with success. Speaking of which, can you circle back and explain to me your passion for wanting to help people? Mostly, I think you had said, like, your reason for enduring everything you have endured in your life is just to be here now to be able to help people. Oh, right, yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, the uh, the things that I went through you know, with parents that were you know, abusive, and actually I'll even paint the bigger picture, get to a point to where, you know, that we have this point in your healing, that healing journey that I, that I went through, I'm still going through. Uh, but that big part of it was everything that's ever been bad, negative, painful, hurtful, disappointment, pain, suffering, sorrow, all of that has actually been some of the greatest things of my life. Now, at the time, it didn't feel like that. At the time, it was awful. But now I look back and I go, ah, yeah, that, just, that simply made me a, a better, stronger, wiser person. Than I, than I think I would be otherwise. So that 
now I have, now I really get an, a sense for what gratitude means, to be grateful. We have to be grateful for everything in our life, not just the good stuff, not just the good news or the, or the gift or the, the reward we get. We have to be grateful for the bad things, the painful things, because we're really learning from those. And what did I learn? I learned that I did not want to ever see anyone else suffer the way that I did, uh, and because it's so unnecessary. So it pushed me to be a, a best, the best dad I could be, the best husband I could be, the best friend I could be. So I absorbed all that pain, I absorbed all that sorrow, all those, all that physical and emotional trauma, so someone else didn't have to. And that's, that's my passion. And now you're using that and incorporating with what you've learned, going back to school, um, and with having your own personal, I don't know what they call it, success or overcoming of all of your obstacles. And now you're using all of that incorporated to help other people overcome their own. Because I just got that vibe from you so strong when we first met. And then as we were talking in your office that you just, your heart is so big and you just want to, you want everyone to be able to find happiness, joy, peacefulness, contentment, just a happy life instead of just feeling that overwhelmed depression, you know, any anxiety, any other thing. But I just feel that from you, that you just have such a big heart and you just want everyone to be able to experience happiness. Hmm, that would be it, yes. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on one thing before we before I have you explain to us um, how we can reach you. Your reviews online are phenomenal. And you were explaining to me that that the online reviews of life coaches and people who use hypnosis for therapy and the, the such a small number of reviews available and your high number of reviews and incredibly positive, glowing accolades. And I just wanted to bring that to our listeners' um, observation and to their attention so that they can seek you out, trust you, and come to you for help. You are available online for like Zoom, or do you, can you do things online, you said as well, for hypnosis therapy sessions? Uh, well, for hypnosis, life coaching, okay. uh, yes, I do Zoom. I've, I've treated people around the country and around the world using Zoom. Okay. So I yeah, definitely do that. Um, Zoom is great, but there's that extra little something you get when you can be in person absolutely but i still definitely you know get great results and you know uh virtually speaking okay this podcast is called conversations to inspire and it's about helping people um, nourish and deepen their mind body spirit connection uh, to find a reason to pursue their own self-growth journey their personal growth journey do you have any words of wisdom for us like a, a, a nugget or something to inspire our listeners just to get started on that path to pursue that that growth well of course that's a that's definitely a big question but um and i don't want this to sound like a, you know a standardized answer that you might hear anywhere but we we want to be able to understand that change is possible for everyone you might not think it's possible for you right now but when you commit to some kind of an actual journey commit to a program, uh, and of course that program is suited for you, uh, you start to see those changes and you get excited. And when you get excited, that's when you, you, know, you can really you know, make those changes, bigger changes. 
but really important to understand that you're not alone. One of the first things that I do when a client comes in is to help them understand, yeah, I deal with this shit every single day. I have dozens of clients right now, this week, same thing. And I'm not trying to trivialize it or belittle it, but I just want you to know you're not so unique. You know, I, there's a study that said that uh, like 84% of all all uh, homes in America, are uh, families in America are considered dysfunctional. Well, if 84% of all families in America are dysfunctional, then being dysfunctional is the normal, right? <laughs> that is very true <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> so, you know, we're all going through this life. You know, it's a temporary thing. Everything about life is temporary. Our time is temporary. Everything we do is temporary. Start looking at it from a standpoint of it's temporary, but what, am I, what can I do with this temporary time? What, what's the best I can do with it? Oh, now you got possibility. Change comes from that kind of thinking. So surround yourself with whatever you can. Find a program, find a book, find a, a mentor, find a, a life coach or a hypnotist or someone that, that is going to help inspire that. If you don't feel inspired by that person, then you need to find someone else. That, and it really, that should be something you can tell in the first session, first conversation. Excuse me, either this person is someone that's going to help me or they're not. And is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to make sure that our audience would be able to learn from you? Well, you know, there's definitely, we're always all learning. I'm constantly learning every day, all day long. Me as well. Um, I've been saying, I even remember way back when I was a general contractor before I ever did any of this stuff. I was always a student of human nature. I had started studying narcissistic behavior because when I heard the term narcissist when I was about 17 or 18, and I immediately associated with both my parents being narcissists, so I started studying it. But uh, I remember, you know, even in my 20s, early 20s, just a kid, right, thinking that I, I don't have it figured out, and that's okay. Back then, we had a newspaper, <laughs> which are almost obsolete now. <laughs> it would be this huge paper that you'd hold wide open, and there'd be in the middle, there'd be this, what they call the want ads and the employment opportunities right section. Right next to the comics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'd look at the employment opportunities, and I'd see you know, two, three, four pages of all these job listings. And at the time, I only had training in construction, one thing. And there'd be two or three listings for, for construction and even though I was a contractor myself, I remember just looking at it thinking, this is all I'm qualified for. Look at all this stuff that I don't know anything about. There's a big, wide open world out there that I don't know anything about, but I, I want to. I want to learn and much, as much as I can, so I'm going to put in whatever effort I can. So with that, I, that kind of philosophy kind of, you know, it leads me down the road. And, and along with that, another Super quick story. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. No, this is great. Um, when I, I look at that page and I like, I don't know anything, but I want to know. Okay, that comes from when I was a child. My from earliest memories, three, four, five years old, all the way up to being a teenager. Every single day, my father called me some form of dumb, dummy, dumb kid, dumbass, dumb fucking kid, stupid kid, moron, idiot. You know, anything like that. And several times a day. Well, I used to be angry with him about that. I'm not angry anymore. Not angry. Don't need to be. What I've actually learned to adopt for myself over that last, you know, I don't know, 20 years or better, 25 years, I, 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 for actually before that even, 
going through the positive affirmation stuff that used to be around back in the 90s. I used to try to tell them, oh, you're smart, Ken. You're smart. You're brilliant. You're bright. You're sharp. You're blah, 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 blah. All these kind of things. And it felt like lies. And it made me more angry. And it, 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 uh, it was really becoming hurtful. Uh, because I'm telling myself something that's blatantly untrue in my mind. Because my programming was that of, of me being dumb, ah, let's work with that. So I have been saying for over 20 years, 25 years, that I'm the dumbest person in any room. And I'm not saying that self-deprecation. No, no, no. Uh, if I tell that to another life coach or hypnotist, they jump on me. Oh, no, you can't say that. You can't. Your self-talk is everything. No, self-talk is not everything. Uh, it's something, but it's not everything. So here's the thing. By me admitting that I'm the dumbest person in any room, full-on understanding of this, I accept it. It makes me try harder, makes me research more, and it makes me more passionate about what I do. So how is that a bad thing? Not. It's not a bad thing. It's propelling me to do something better, something more. And it makes me smile because I took the power of all those negative words that my father told me when I was growing up and I turned it into something positive. And that is a tribute to you because not everyone has the bandwidth to do that. Not everyone has the capacity to do that. And that's just a huge indicator of your heart. We had talked earlier about how your the way you communicate with your family. You talk to your daughters and you, you like ask them, how can I tell you or show you that I love you more? How can I love my wife more? How can I um, be a better dad, be a better husband? But you're actually engaging in these conversations with them. And you are being very open and vulnerable and saying, I, what can I do to show my love to you to be better? That is a huge lesson that people in life don't hear they, and that's some, something that we're exposed to on, on a normal daily basis through life, through media, through friends. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because I want our listeners to hear that, and I want them to be able to like, take that to heart and then to be able to employ that in their own lives. Hmm. Well, I, I do uh, a lot of, uh, I use my program for what you might call marriage counseling, <clears throat> even though I'm not a counselor. So what I do is I treat the, the husband and the wife separately, two different sessions. And then that, what that does, it gives them something to talk about when they get home. <clears throat> Excuse me. So during that time, I'm helping each of them understand that all the things that you're complaining about are selfish. She doesn't do this for me. He doesn't do that for me. She's not doing this. He's, and it's always about what someone else is not doing or maybe what they're doing that's annoying you. Okay. Well, what are you doing to help? Everybody looks at me cross-eyed. What are you talking about? Well, what are you doing to contribute? Oh, well, I go to work and I, you know, pay bills. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are you doing for your relationship? Well, they st people don't understand you because that's exactly what you're saying. No one thinks about this. Everyone's running around worried and wondering and angry and hurt about what they're not getting from their relationship mm -hmm. and not thinking one second about what can I put into it. So when we stop that and reverse it, stop thinking about what am I getting out of it and start thinking about what more can I put into it. Now, of course, there has to be a, a foundation, a basis of a, of a reasonable, healthy relationship. If you have someone who's just a taker, you're just going to take and take and take. Obviously, that's, you probably might, might want to do something else. 
Um, but if it's two reasonable people uh, who have just simply learned to be selfish in this in, in this relationship because that's just kind of what happens. Slowly over time with routines. Exactly. And daily yes. and so filled with all the things that you don't do anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so that is kind of an example to help understand what my, my personal philosophy is and how I you know, use it for, with my clients and teach. I teach you to appreciate the other person, appreciate, nurture the, the relationship. Then it, gets, it grows and gets better. So with my family, my wife, my daughters, I learned from what I could not do with my, my parents and my brother and my sister. I, it, the more I gave to that rela- those relationships, the more they took. The more I gave, the more they took, and then made me feel like crap for some crazy reason, guilty or shameful that I didn't give enough, right? So then I got people in my life who I can you know, have a healthy bond with, who are gonna, I'm going to give to lavishly and completely and totally with you know, selflessly because I want them to have and I want them to be. But I'm not giving money. No, no, no. I'm not buying gifts. I mean, I do, I do give stupid, expensive gifts to my wife for, 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 and my daughters for like Christmas and stuff. But you know, I, I used to do it a lot more. But now I've t- I kind of tapered it down to just Christmas. Don't know why. <laughs> um, but I, I would love to spoil them nonstop, but I know that's unhealthy. So I give of, my, of me. What can I give of you of myself? So uh, my daughter, she had a washing machine malfunction. And so me, my daughter, and her boyfriend spent an entire Sunday taking apart the washing machine to find out what was wrong, just to determine that we needed a new washer. But, <laughs> well, then you knew. <laughs> but, we did it, shopping. but we did it together. Mm-hmm. I could have just said, oh, honey, I'll just buy you a new washer because she actually lives in a house that she rents from me and my wife. So I'll just buy, I'll just buy a brand new washer and dryer. No, we first went through the process of verifying that we did, in fact, need a new one. And then we... So there's a lesson there. There's bonding. We work together. We, we spend had a lot time of laughs, a lot of exactly. maybe swear words. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that connection. Exactly, exactly. So spending time giving of yourself is the greatest thing you'll ever do for yourself. See, like, uh, I spent... Uh, like 20 years in a charity organization called Kiwanis when I was in Las Vegas. Now, Kiwanis is a really great organization where we, we uh, just in the community, whatever the community needs, they reach out to us. We help facilitate. You know, you, one, one day you might be uh, you know, literally serving up soup at the soup kitchen. Another day you might be uh, you know, cleaning up some, some place, doing, doing yard work in, in, at the, the home, the children's shelter. You know, whatever is needed, that's the kind of thing we did. So um, you spend that time doing this kind of charity you know, above yourself, out of yourself, for someone else. And you think, oh, you're so generous, so selfless. Well, that's the first layer. But then the second layer is I'm extremely selfish in this moment. I am so selfish because you have no idea how good it makes me feel to do this for other people. Mm-hmm. These people that are downtrodden, that are, that are, that are that just, they've hit nothing but hard time after time after time. Now, I don't care if they made those decisions, but still, they are in a place that sucks. And if I can help with that, it makes me feel good to know that I can help them with that. So, yeah, it actually becomes a very selfish thing. 
but it's a selfish thing that's giving. So I guess I, I'm, uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope that, please continue. <laughs> so all of you out there, please continue your volunteer hours and services. Well, you know, actually, uh, what was interesting, uh, when, we, uh, when I retired from construction, and I was really sick, but I still wanted stuff to do, uh, we actually, my family and I, we created a series of children's books. Uh, about our two puppies at the house called Bucky and Garth. And we, uh, we, we wrote the books ourselves, did all the illustrations, editing, printing, layout printing, everything, sold books. and every, every book we sold, we donated money either to the SPCA, the VFW, or uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So that was really fun that we did when the girls were, they were really young, like 10 and 12 years old. What were the titles of the books? Uh, Bucky and Garth. Bucky and Garth. Yeah, I, I printed the books. We, we, we created these books, a series of books, uh, for the purpose of raising money for charity. And uh, then I found out how impossible that was. <laughs> Just, uh, not a publishing company on the planet wanted to have anything to do with that. Especially so, like, back then. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. you can self-publish, but yeah, now yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, so I ended up self-publishing. I just created my own little ridiculous little publishing company. You know, just incorporated something, and uh, um, but uh, the interesting thing about it is you know, we did this together. It was a bonding experience that me and my me and my family did creating these books and then going to different events to sell the books uh, and whatever money. We'd known full-time we're doing this all. We're not going to collect a nickel. We're going to do all the work and give all the money to somebody else. And you know what was interesting? I never got a single solitary complaint from my wife or my two teenage daughters. That's remarkable. Yeah. Never say, oh, hey, we're going to do this event this weekend. Need your help. Okay. They're Never a problem. Because you knew it was for a good reason, a good cause. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were also because they were raised in that environment of giving, doing for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, oh, anyway, it was a, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun project. I want to see if I can find those books. Are they like on Amazon or available mm. anywhere now? No, I have 2,000 copies in my basement. <laughs> so we can contact you if we want to purchase the books. Yeah, we, you know, when we moved from <laughs> Las Vegas. You have to Vegas, reopen your bookstore. Yeah. Uh, when we moved from Las Vegas to, to Green Bay and the girls be, becoming teenagers and it just became harder and harder to do because it took a lot of effort. And, uh, and I started getting back into, you know, more working again, life coaching, hypnosis, and all that. So it's taken a back burner, which I don't like, because I have great passion for it. Actually, we even have the next four books in the second set, probably about 75%. They've been 75% done for about eight years now. So how many books are in the first set? Uh, four. Four in the first set, and then there's another four almost ready to come out. But you know, don't, it's hard to create an audience for that kind of thing. It takes a lot, a lot, a lot of effort. That's remarkable. Well, we'll see if our listeners can jump on the bandwagon and <laughs> help you out with the project of Bucky and Garth. Does the second set have a title already? Oh, it's just all Bucky and Garth. Well, they all have different titles. Like the first first set, the first one's called The Mysterious Fence because uh, when our two puppies at home that this was all based on, they used to, when they were tiny pup, brand new at home, and little cutest little things, um, they would go straight to the yard and, and chew on the flowers. The, okay. All the pretty flowers that we had in the yard. So I went to Home Depot and got those those little light-duty wire fences, you know, little decorative fence. And I had to put it around the flowers so they because they were destroying them. And so the, ne- the first time they came out, they 
they run to these flowers and they see this little fence, this thing in the way, and they're like confused. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I said, that's a book right there. We need to write a book about that. So there's the mysterious fence. There's the missing chew toy, which I think is probably pretty self-explanatory. Um, the noise from under the bed, that's a fun one. The noise that turns out to be the cat is under the bed. And then the fourth one is called The Day They Got Picked. Now, my daughter, Lauren, uh, she's 23 years old now. She was 10 years old at the time. And she kept on saying, I want to write a book about the day we went to pick the puppies up at the breeder's house. We went to pick them out because uh-huh. they're brothers. They're, they're in, from the same litter. Heard about this breeder in our what area. What kind of dogs? Morky. They're Maltese Yorkies. Okay. Cutest little guys. Um so she said, I want to write. I said, well, honey, all of our other books are about around the house because we have, you know, the setup, the characters for around the house. She kept on bugging me, which is tenacious. And after about a week or maybe two, I don't remember, of her bringing it up again and again, I said, I'll tell you what, you go write the book. You write a rough draft and bring it to me, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, within an hour, she brought me like eight written, handwritten pages oh my goodness. of this, of this uh, book. I go, okay, I guess we're doing a book about the day they got picked. Oh. So it was, uh, we you know, <laughs> rearranged it, formatted it, edited it, you know, laid it out page by page together. And so that one is that she's actually the creator and, and author of that book. That is a great story. Yeah. About uh, a story. A story about a story. The day they got picked. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. This is really cool. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. yeah. Just, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But, but I think the point was is if you can find projects to do with your kids, work with them on something, it's so much better than telling them to do something or making them do something. It's just such a bonding experience. It's really great. Like, I'm, you know, I have an experience. In my, I'm, my background is construction. My daughters can use screw guns, drills, saws, hammers, wrenches, everything, all of it. And it's really pretty cool that these two very beautiful young women, who you would not think in a million years could do that, they, they can handle themselves on a construction site. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I know our kids do that, too. Um, like, my daughter loves to um, build Anything woodworking. So my son, too, I'm like, he, the other day he said, I, I want to build shelves for in the basement, hmm. but we don't have this and that, and so we're going to you know, go get together and purchase what we need to go build these shelves in the basement. Mm-hmm. But they, they're just handy, and they're, they've done roofing, and they've done construction. And oh, right like, it's on. It's all these different things that they, like you said, hands-on experiences. You share the experiences. They learn. You get some work done, maybe slower than initially he had <laughs> planned, but, but it's such a neat connection to have with your kids to have those experiences together mm-hmm. yeah that's powerful mm-hmm. probably one of the best things you can do with your kids absolutely yeah well thank you so much for this this has been a, a fantastic conversation <laughs> it has been a real pleasure and an honor for me thank you I, i'm it's uh it's just always great to meet other people who are so interested in helping heal whatever that might mean I agree completely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So for our listeners that want to connect with you online, I want them to be able to reach out to you. So can you please give us like your website, um, any information that they can connect with you if they want to do a session or if they just want to reach out to you or if they want to buy some Bucky and Garth books? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, my company is called Love Your Life Hypnosis. Uh, so the website is the same, loveyourlifehypnosis.com. And you can, there's a, there, are, there are several form opportunities on there to be able to reach me. You know, there's a short form, there's a long form, there's an inquiry form. So that makes it really easy. And yes, I'd be happy to 
uh, talk to you about Bucky and Garth books if you want to call on that. <laughs> <laughs> but then if they also wanted to schedule a Zoom meeting or something, or if they're local and in person, but that's also a possibility for them to reach out for you to Absolutely. you for that on, on your website. That is correct. Okay. Uh, you can send in an inquiry, but uh, um, I don't make an appointment with anyone unless we have at least a 20-minute phone conversation first to see you know what a person needs, what they're uh, what they're what they're about. Tell them what I do, how it works, so we can get a feel, make sure we're kind of going in the right direction. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Certainly don't want to uh, raise anyone's expectations uh, so, to something that is unreasonable. Mm-hmm. That sounds very fair. Well, I love your passion. I love your dream of uh, being able to help so many people, and I love the the vehicle that you're using to do so with life coaching and hypnosis. This has been just such an education for me, too. I learned a lot, and I hope our listeners have as well. Well, So, Ken, thank you sincerely. Well, um, you know, thank you. And, and, uh, you know, I I have a sense that you and I may have um, each met a friend for life. I think as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. (laughs) This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us next week as we explore a different facet of the mind-body-spirit connection and learn about lymphatic drainage massage and the numerous benefits this technique can have on the body to improve certain conditions and overall wellness. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast. And leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection.